Hey, this is Sammy Flores. I'm the pastor at Coin Church in Chino, California, and this is our podcast. I'm so grateful you're tuning in. I hope this encourages you and calls you to more because you were made for more. Here's our latest message. So we find ourselves looking at Good Friday these, these last couple of days, and now we're, we're on Sunday, and it's Sunday morning. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're live, which is amazing. We get to do this, and I want to encourage you, just like we said before, go ahead and uh, write some comments, say hi, give some amens or some high fives uh, as we interact together, but I want to talk to you for a couple of moments uh, about love. And, and it's this beautiful story, you know, we've heard it and we, we kind of hear it on a regular basis, but for, for, one, for one day, I want to just kind of press in and, and, and think through the power and the magnitude of, of the resurrection. You know, uh, we find ourselves with this reality of Jesus and that he was on the cross in, in real time, in real history, on a real day. And it was about 2,000 plus years ago and Jesus, he, he was on the cross, he gave his last breath, and now... There's this wonder of the, these women as they go and they, they want to bring some stuff to Jesus' tomb. And, you know, a couple of them go, Mary and different ones, uh, James' mother, and they discover very quickly that there's nobody in the tomb. Jesus isn't there. They see this rock that's rolled over and there's these two angels that approach these women and they say, why do you search why do you look for the living among the dead? He is, Jesus is not here. He's risen. And so they, they ran to tell the 11 disciples, that they ran to tell all, all of them, I, I cannot believe what I just witnessed. We encountered uh, these two angels. The tomb was rolled over. Jesus was no longer there. We saw his clothes and all of them really didn't agree or believe. They just thought they were crazy except Peter. Peter ran as fast as he possibly could to the tomb and he sees Jesus' clothes laying there on the stone, in the tomb. You, you, you know, it's, it's interesting when we think about this resurrected power, there's so much wonder and so much story and so much history. Churches around the world, especially in America, will celebrate this day as something that is monumental. You see, if there was not a cross, there would never be a resurrection. There were these, these two men that were walking on the road to Emmaus as they were leaving Jerusalem and they, they were walking in, and we're talking about this beautiful man, this glorious man that he had risen from this small little town and was prophesying over people and was healing people. They would remember moments as this Jesus, this Jesus of Nazareth, as he would heal people. He, those that could not see that were born with blindness, he would, all he would do is put his hands on them. They were cleansed. They would recollect a story of this man named Lazarus as he literally died and Jesus walked into the tomb coming out with Lazarus as he resurrected him. And they thought and they pondered about this love that he had for all of them, for his disciples, for the, the women around him, for the people around him, for those that followed him, all these people, these these sons and daughters, mothers and fathers that were witnessed by this beautiful Jesus. And then a man comes along on this road. You know, I like to think that this road for many of us is our road, this road where we're contemplating about this Jesus. We hear about him, we hear stories about him, miracles about him, wonders about him, hope that casts out all fear, love that just transcends into every part of our soul, and yet we find ourselves on this road recollecting about the things of Jesus. 
And there Jesus was this man that walked alongside of these, these men that were talking about him. And the scripture says they didn't really understand or they weren't able to see him for he, who he really was. And he, he tells them, he said, did not the Messiah have to suffer and then enter into glory? You see, Luke 24 verses 30 to 32 says, and when he was at the table because they asked him, he said, it's, it's time for me to go. You see, Jesus, after he died and he was risen from the dead, he was appearing and reappearing. And the scripture says that he was on this road, the road that many of you are on, and, and they begged him, just stay just one night with us. It says, when he was at the table with them, he took bread and he gave thanks. He broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. They, they asked each other, they looked at each other, were not our hearts burning within us while we talked with the very one on the road and he opened the scriptures to us. We saw this Jesus, we walked with this Jesus and he reminded us and the scripture says to which I wanna talk about and develop and unravel before us and their eyes were opened. You see, I believe that for every human being, there's a possibility, an opportunity, maybe for you right now that might not understand you're on this road to, to Emmaus, you're on this road just processing, wondering, you're on this journey, you're hearing whispers and stories and miracles about this Jesus and there may be a moment in your life and it might even be right here and right now that your eyes would be opened. You see, the power of Easter is in the resurrection. It's not so much on an empty cross. And here's the thing, I have nothing against crosses. I think crosses are cool, I think crosses are awesome. Crosses actually make a really cool brand. Everyone wears them, uh, Catholicism is really big on it. Every Christianity, we wear a cross to resemble that we're Christians, we believe in Christ, but you see, there's not a beautiful brand around uh, an empty tomb or an empty grave. But you see, it's not so much an empty cross that we get to powerfully express and proclaim and our souls would be moved that we could step into beauty and wonder. It's not about an empty cross, but more, it's about an empty grave. I'll prove it in the scriptures. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians, for Christ's love compels us, draws us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all have died, and he died for all. And those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. There would not be for us able to step into more, step into beauty and step into wonder and step into a fullness of love if there was not this Jesus. Yes, that died on a cross, but that was risen from the grave by the power of the Spirit. Verse 16, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. And I wanna express this to you right now if you're on the other side of this camera, if you might not fully comprehend the beauty, wonder, majesty of this Jesus, that he can transform your life, that your eyes would be opened and you would understand that everything that Jesus orchestrated from the time of creation with Adam and Eve to the scriptures with Moses to the, the time of Israel and Joshua walking over the, the Jordan River, all these moments, all these pivotal moments within the time and space of history in the scriptures, Jesus paints this beautiful story and it all finds its, its climax 
on the resurrection. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, we are a new creation. The new has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. Open your eyes to who Jesus is. Open your heart, open your soul, and be reconciled. You see, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. There's that word almost four times in this passage of scripture, reconcile, reconcile, reconciliation. To be reconciled is simply to be restored. I don't know what's going on in your life. I know for all of us, we're kind of going through some turmoil. Our lives have been turned upside down. Our, our Everything, our identities in work or in finance or in job has been stripped away from us. And there may be for you a crack in your soul, a disparity that cries, I need to understand, I need purpose and meaning. I need to be able to step forward. I need something to give me power to move me into the future. And it's simply in Christ to restore you. So what does the resurrection mean? It's a powerful statement. You know, I remember, I'll never forget as I, as I studied the, the Eastern world compared to the Western world and how we understand Christianity and how we understand the gospel and how we understand Jesus and how we understand the mystery of God. I'll never forget as I, as I stand, examined, as I studied, and as I sat under professors, there was this one all-consuming realization that, that gripped me that in, in the Western world, we understand the cross as what he has saved us from, that we focus on it, we preach about it, and by the way, there's nothing wrong with this. We, we know men great like Billy Graham that would preach a gospel, something simple as the cross, and that we must repent, we must turn, we must look to the cross, and the cross really we must carry. And it is the cross that has saved us from something. And that something very simply is sin. We all have it, we all kind of step into it, maybe some more than others, maybe some kind of like glean in it and sit in it, others try to find themselves running from it. But we realize as scripture says that sin, it really corrodes our soul. It, it damages the very fiber of our being and it infects our relationships in a negative way. It infects the way we talk and speak and think and process. And so we look at resurrection, we look at Easter Sunday, and yes, there is a cross. And as I looked at the study of, of Eastern Orthodox versus Western Orthodox, we have men like Billy Graham that would preach, you're saved from your sin, from your sin. And we can focus so much on what he saved you from. Yes, true, 100%. Stop sinning, like we all should. <laughs> but more importantly, what has Jesus saved you for? And as I, as, I, as I process the Eastern Orthodox, the Eastern uh, process and, and understanding and, and rule, I, I realize very quickly that they, they want to talk more about what he saved you for as opposed to what he saved you from. 
I believe that there's, we're living in a day and age where everyone has the gospel at the tip of their fingers, at the, the, the forefront of their minds and their eyes, and everyone has an opportunity and a chance to realize that we are all sinners, corrupt and distorted and really evil to our core. We know that to be true. All we have to do is turn on the news. All we have to do is look at evil and murder and, and, and rage and, and wickedness, and it is around all of us. That is not a question of morality, of truth. It is absolute. There is evil in the world. There is sin amongst us. But what is it about resurrection, about Easter that is so powerful? And that's what I want to share just a couple moments with, that he saved you for something. You see, Jesus, as he was risen from the grave, there was something that he claimed when he came out. He was, he was claimed, the scripture says, the promises of God were put upon Jesus. What are the promises? What are you saved for? You see, friend, you're saved for freedom. You're saved for, from anxiety and from depression and suicidal thoughts. You're saved for purpose and for life and for joy. You are saved for peace. You see, he saved you for beauty and for laughter and strength and for hard times. He saved you for a strong will and a strong mind. Jesus, as he was risen from the grave, saved you for love. Yeah, you see, it's, it's love that captivated these men on this road as they listened and they thought to themselves, who is this man that speaks with such authority? Who is this man that has reminded us of the glory of Jesus, of the glory of God that he had to take upon suffering? And as they saw him, Jesus in his element, really the full understanding of Jesus in one word is, is love. He came for love, to receive love from him. That's what he saved us for. And not only to receive love from him, but now to give love to others. That is the full expression thesis statement of the gospels. It is good news. And the good news is that a man that put on human flesh, the creator of the universe, he put it on and he was born and he lived and he walked amongst us and he showed us what it meant to live out love. Receive love from the Father and now give love to others. Again, what does resurrection mean? It's newness and a new future. First Peter 1.3 says, In his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus. There then would not be a new birth if it was just a cross. We would not be able to share the future together with hope and wonder if there would not be an empty tomb. Romans 6, 4 says, we were therefore buried with him. We were buried, we, we participated with Christ and through his baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. You see, that's, the, that's what I wanna share with you this morning and today and as you listen, wherever you find yourself, driving in the car, sitting in your family's living room, maybe laying in bed watching this video, this is what I wanna express to you is that in Christ, because of the resurrection, because of the empty grave and empty tomb, 
we now can possess and have a better future and a new life. And for so many of you out there, there comes a time and a place where we have to look at the past and say, it shall not be no more. We cannot step into the past if we're not, if we want a better future. We have to be willing to look at the past for what it is. Yeah, it's scary and yeah, it's burdensome and yeah, it can bring up some old habits and some old memories. But if we face the past for what it is, and we look at Jesus for what he has done, we see the power of resurrection, we can now step into a better future, a better life where dreams and imagination and creativity is on a whole nother level, where that God through his spirit can give you so much wisdom and knowledge in forefront of unto what to do next that we can only have that through Jesus. You see, it was all done for love. What Jesus had done on the cross was all done for love. And it was so much so that he, he literally conquered death. And you know, for me, if I'm being honest, I'm not afraid of death. I get to say that with confidence. You see, if, if I die, I just graduate. I find myself with Jesus, with the one who created me, knows me, understands me, shaped and molded me. I truly believe that for those that have called upon the name of Jesus, the scripture says that we're written in the book of life and that we one day can be rejoined together with our family, with friends and with loved ones around us who has, we have no idea the wonder and the glory and what is to come in heaven. But for here and now, my expression, my duty, my call, I believe every call, every person that desires and knows Jesus, our duty is to tell people that Jesus died for love, but he didn't just die to save us from our sins, he died to save us for our future. John 11 says this, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. I, I actually am that, I consume that, that is who I am. I not only life, I am resurrection. I not only have defeated death, I am the very beauty and, and wonder of life. The one who believes in me will live, Jesus said. Even though they die. I'm gonna die, you're gonna die, we're all gonna die. <laughs> and Jesus says, if you believe in me, know this, I have conquered death and I have literally robbed the grave. I was on a cross and died just as you have, will die, but the difference is I conquered death. I have conquered the tomb, and if you believe in me, you too will live. And even though you die, whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And Jesus asked this question that grips my soul that I wanna ask you today. Do you believe this? Right now, yeah, do, do you believe uh, the, the power of resurrection. Do you believe that God would actually desire and love us so much that he would send his only son, that whosoever would believe in him, that would understand him and acknowledge him and turn to him and, and run from their evil ways as all of us have done. If we would do such a thing, we can have eternal life. I think that word is a little bit more powerful right now in the world, in America, wherever we're at, like death seems to be knocking on all of our doors in all of our homes. And I wanna assure you as, as I and my family, my wife are assured, death is just a graduation. 
because the creator of the universe, the one that we call upon, the one that we worship, the one that we cry to, he has conquered death. He is the very essence of resurrection. He is the very essence of life. And we believe in him. And as we believe in him, we end up dying to ourselves. And as we die to ourselves and believe in him, we actually never die because we live the fullest life. And I want that for you. I want that for all of my friends. I want that for your family. And you know what's wonderful is you get to tell this story. You get to share your story. You get to tell people, yes, of what you were saved from. That's, that's important. But let us not so, be so focused on the sin that we forget about the wonder of the future. You are saved for so much more. You are saved for so much uh, beauty and so much imagination, so much creativity. You are saved to have a, a big dream that God would be able to fulfill. But it, it requires us to look at the cross for what it is. That Jesus, he actually went upon it. And I often think of this in moments of deep pain. I, I can only imagine Jesus on the cross and I see myself looking at Jesus. And you see, you could be looking at Jesus right now, but my, my prayer to you is don't be so focused on Jesus just being on the cross. For so long, I've just been focused on him on the cross and the cross and the cross. And it was this revelation that as I looked at Eastern Orthodox, it, was, it wasn't Jesus on the cross. It was actually Jesus running from the tomb. And it's because he conquered death that we have life. It's because he said no to evil and he put wickedness on him that we actually can walk in freedom. And I want that for you so bad. So I'll ask this one more time. Do you believe this? Do you believe that on your journey, wherever journey you're on, whatever journey you're on, whatever road you're on, as these men walked and as they talked about this, this man, this man that did so much and his overarching theme, his overarching expression was for love. He's the very culmination of love. He was on the cross because of love. He took the pain on himself because of love. And the beautiful part of it is he stepped out into resurrection power because of love. And I want that love for you so bad because I've experienced it. My wife has experienced it. Our family has it. People around the world have experienced it. And right now, for such a time as this, we must step in and ask ourselves, do we believe this, truly believe this, fully believe this, that the resurrection that God has had used from the Spirit, the Scripture says that same power that raised Christ from the dead is now in us and we consume it and we possess it and we get to walk in it. We get to walk with confidence and with faith. We get to walk in freedom, free from depression and anxiety, free from despair. And we get to walk in the wholeness and the fullness of love. That really is what our hearts desire. That really is what our soul is longing for. It's love, not only to be loved, but to give love. And so I want you to experience that love today. I wanna to pray for you right here, right now. If you do not have Jesus in your life, if you're not able to say, man, I wanna I want step into the newness, I wanna pray for you right here, right now. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray for every person that's listening, God. For those that don't know you, 
For those that desire more, God, for those that are looking for hope, I pray, oh God, that you would remind them of the newness that only you can give them, Jesus. The newness that only you can, and you can carry to them, that you can, you can carry their pain and their brokenness. And I just pray right now, Father, that they would pray to you. It's a simple act of just saying, Jesus, I give you my life. It's a simple first conversation for many, many, many more. And God, I know that you will move and you will speak and you will show life and give life. May our expression in this world be for love. As for you, God, it was for love. We love you, we thank you, we admire you and we're grateful for you. In your name we pray, amen. I love you guys so much. Thank you for tuning into this. This is new and different, but know this. God is for you and he's not against you. And yes, he's died for your sins, but he really is calling you for a future, for more. Step on and hold on to that and experience the goodness of him. Do you believe in Jesus? Because he believes in you. Love you guys so much and we'll see you next time.